Chapter Nine of Elsie Ingalls by Eva Shaw McLaren. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Scottish Women's Hospitals. From the first, the personality of Doctor Ingalls was the main asset in this splendid venture. She continued to be its inspiration to the end. August nineteen fourteen found many a man and woman unconsciously prepared and ready for the testing time ahead elsie ingalls was one of these it is interesting to note that dr ingalls completed her fiftieth year in the august that war broke out she started on her great work of the next years with all the vigor and freshness of youth in her own words already quoted we can describe her at the beginning of the war her ship was flying over a sunlit sea the good wind bulging out the canvas she felt the thrill and excitement of adventure in her veins as she stood at the helm and gazed across the dancing waters joy had done its work and sorrow and responsibility had come with its stimulating spur and the ardent delight of battle in a great crusade new powers she had discovered in herself new responsibilities in the life around her she was ready for her adventure brave and new rabbi ben ezra waited for death to open the gate to it but to her it seemed that she was in the midst of it now that adventure brave and new in which death itself was also to be an adventure the power of an endless life the words thrilled her not with the prospects of rest but with the excitement of advance war was declared on august fourth on the tenth the idea of the scottish women's hospitals hospitals staffed entirely by women had been mooted at the committee meeting of the scottish federation of women's suffrage societies once the idea was given expression to nothing was able to stop its growth a special scottish women's hospital committee was formed out of members of the federation and dr ingall's personal friends meetings were organized all over the country an appeal for funds was sent broadcast over scotland money began to flow in the scheme was taken up by the whole body of the n u w s s footnote national union of women's suffrage societies End footnote. mrs fawcett wrote approvingly the scottish women's hospitals committee at their headquarters in edinburgh divided up into subcommittees equipment uniforms cars personnel and so on offers for service came in every day until soon over four hundred names were waiting the choice of the personnel committee the headquarters offices in two st andrew's square became a busy hive enthusiasm was written on the face of every worker by the end of november the first fully equipped unit under miss ivans of liverpool was on its way to the old abbey of royal mount in france dr alice hutcheson with ten nurses was in calais working under the belgian surgeon dr depage a second unit as well equipped as the first was almost ready to start for serbia it sailed in the beginning of january under dr eleanor soltau dr ingalls herself following in the april of nineteen fifteen but even with all this dispatch the s w h were not the first women's hospital in the field 
as early as september nineteen fourteen dr flora murray and dr louisa garrett anderson had taken a unit staffed entirely by women to paris where they did excellent work until dr ingle's departure for serbia her whole time and strength and boundless energy had been thrown into the building up of the organization of the scottish women's hospitals she addressed countless meetings all over the kingdom making the scheme known and appealing for money and at the same time her insight and enthusiasm never ceased to be the mainspring of the activity at the office in edinburgh where the heart of the scottish women's hospitals was to be found miss mayer describes dr ingalls during these months thus a certain stir of feeling might be perceptible in the busy hive at the office of organization when a specially energetic visit of the chief had been paid had the impossible been accomplished if not why who had failed in performance take the task from her give it to another no excuses in wartime no weakness to be tolerated onward ever onward to those inclined to hesitate or at least to draw breath occasionally in the course of their heavy work of organizing raising money gathering equipment securing transport passports and attending to the other innumerable secretarial affairs connected with so big a task she showed no weakening pity the one invariable goad applied was ever it is wartime no one must pause no one must waver things must simply be done whether possible or not and somehow by her inspiration they generally were done in these days of agonizing stress she appeared as in herself the very embodiment of wireless telegraphy aeronautic locomotion with telepathy and divination thrown in neither time nor space was of account puck alone could quite have reached her standard with his engirdling of the earth in forty minutes poor limited mortals could but do their best with the terrestrial means at their disposal possibly at times their make-weight steadied the brilliant work of their leader in a letter to mrs fawcett dated october fourth nineteen fourteen she says i can think of nothing except those units just now and when one hears of the awful need one can hardly sit still till they are ready end of chapter nine